everyone. Welcome to a new episode of One Vision. Joining us today is my guest host, and I believe it is the sister that I never had, Mary, and then our guest, Jim Brene, the founder of Fenevay, aka the godfather of Fentech, one that does not need introduction, I believe. Welcome to the show, and thank you for joining me, Mary and Jim. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Theo. So, Mary, I know you have something you wanted to ask Jim, um, and that's how we should kick off the show because, hey, I, I think that's where I met you, Jim, a long time ago. And, Mary, was this where I met you, too, in Finnovate? I can't remember now. I can't remember either. I, or or maybe at AARP something. Maybe I was like, did you do a webinar? Was I like... Probably. You know, <laughs> the good old days. AARP. But, um, yeah. I think I met... I think I met you, Theo, at 2000, spring of 2016, I think. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was that was, it's always, I feel like if not 90% close to it, people that I've met in FinTech, it always starts from Finnovate. It's all you, Jim. It's all from you. Well, that, that, is, that is one of the nice things of having done an event, is those kind of stories. Well, that's certainly where I met you, Jim. I'm pretty sure I yeah. was starting to blog for Bank Innovation, and this was one of my first events that I had gone to, um, which yeah. might be 2008. Um, I might yeah. have that wrong, but it feels right. I, yeah, I can't remember which year, but it definitely in, you would definitely come over in New York. Were, were you in? You weren't in New York, though. I know the Bank Innovation yeah. was, but yeah, yeah, I was out of New York for like seven-ish years, I think. Um, okay. Williamsburg to start, and then uh, Battery Park City to end. Yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, I remember. I, I was gonna say, I, re I remember that from two, uh, always seeing you in New York and then trying to get you to go to the one in San Francisco, and failing. Well, I'm going now. Okay. <laughs> now that you're not part of it. <laughs> but um, no, Finnovate always signaled to me buy a Halloween costume because it was right ahead of you know that season. <laughs> so every time I went to Finnovate, I made sure I was shopping for Halloween, but. I remember Jim. I like I was, that connection. That's great. Yeah, I don't know why, but that's that's what that's what marked time for me. But um, yeah, I wanted to kick this off talking about how you formed this idea because I remember we had a call when I was writing for American Banker, and I was so fascinated. I think you were working maybe for U.S. Bank at the time when you had this aha moment. But I thought we could start just by you talking about where this idea came. From because you were like a, a really original here in in trying to display technologies that aim to change banking. Well, I was at U.S. Bank uh, back in the early '90s working in online banking, but then the the then I did a newsletter right. uh, starting in 1995, and so then it, the Finnovate was really offshoot of the newsletter, and it was sort of a little bit of uh, desperation in 2006, 2007, and and luck and and just uh, being kind of a conference junkie and seeing like there might be an opportunity there. And to the tie-in American Banker, in 2007, which is when we started, American Banker had just had canceled their online banking event that they always had in the fall. And so that I had been thinking about it, it's like, this would be the time to jump. You know, it's like, it's too, it was like, it was so fast, had to be such a fast decision that you couldn't, you know, second guess yourself. And so we jumped into this void where American Banker had, had this online banking conference and then it, it, it worked. Because no, it was 2007 and 2008, and all of a sudden there wasn't a lot of uh, conferences popping up right then. Matter of fact, they were doing the opposite in that period. 
Oh yeah, this was like crickets, crickets time. And I think I remember yes. talking about how online banking was what known as home banking. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's like that dates it. And so we're talking like what Yodli. Um, what else was going on at that time? It was pretty sleepy. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the first one, at in two thousand seven, by the time Finovate came, there was ju just the start of like sort of Web two o kind of stuff. So uh, Mint was there. They had been out for about a year and Prosper person-to-person -person lending and lending club, another one, that kind of thing was just starting. Sort of the, the funner stuff after the, win the sort of the online home banking winter of 2001 to 2006. It was a really, really boring time. Well, everybody got pushed, pushed back from their grand plans of the dot-com era. That's right. That's totally right. And I remember, I think we talked about like how no one was really covering this space either. Maybe TechCrunch had something here or there, but like there was like not much going on in terms of covering banking technology. No, I didn't know. I mean, American Banker, you know, would have would have a technology reporter, but you know, not they were sp spread across all the all kinds of you know card processing and every other kind of technology. Not not too much looking at online banking. No. And didn't you see a chart or something in American Banker that like also inspired you to think, hey, maybe there's room here for me to play? Yeah, you're yeah, you're remembering that story. Right. So when I it was this is at the very beginning of the newsletter in 1994, I, there was a chart in the summer of 1994. And it said, you know, it's one of those things like, what are you going to adopt in the new year? And the, all, I think uh, one third of the banks or something like that said, we're going to get into online banking in the next 12 months or two years, whatever. And when I saw that and I, I was, you know, working in, in online banking, I thought, oh man, there's gonna be a lot of need for information. And this is back, you know, pre sort of really pre, not pre-internet, but pre-blogs and online publications, all that. So newsletters were a nice model then. And so I thought this is a time to start. I remember I remember asking my brother, you know, like, do you think that this is, you know, I'm reading this chart right? And he's like, Oh God, do it now. You know, this is this is, you know, that is what's speaking to you. So they did. That started the newsletter. That's so wild. You're definitely a pioneer here. And I'm trying to remember the early Finnovates. It was, I kind of, I remember thinking it was like, felt like speed dating a little bit. And then like everyone wore their branded t-shirts and did these like, pretend, like mock, mock scenarios kind of thing. Um, yeah. Was that inspired by you, Jim, <laughs> or did they did they come to this on their own volition? No, it was. This is a this is a conference. This is an introverted conference junkies plan. Is I wanted to have. I just wanted to have. I just wanted to see products, and I wanted to um, then talk to the people that had just spoken. So try to dis distill it down into talk quickly. Show me what you have, and then we'll talk afterwards because everybody at Back then in 2007, you know, the typical conference was slot was 45 minutes and then people, you know, kind of rush the stage and you try to talk to the speaker. But, you know, again, as an introvert, it's not a, not a very good setup. And you, maybe you could find them in the, a booth or something uh, at some point, maybe. But the speakers weren't necessarily the ones in the booths. And so the idea was, let's have the speaker step off the podium, go to, to the you know room right next to it. And then you get a chance to talk to the person that just spoke. And so. Um, that that was it. That was why it was the seven minutes of just show us what you have. And we tried. It was kind of a, you know, time where PowerPoint it was having its bad, bad uh, um, 
reputation. So we we just kind of had a, you know, don't, you can't do PowerPoint. It has to be, you know, live is what we were hoping for. We did not have, in the very first one, which was in 2007, which is in a little room in a basement in uh, the upper, uh, well, not quite Upper East Side, Midtown basement, we did not have a gong. I was the moderator and I sat in the front row and I waved frantically at people. We had the seven minute uh, rule and we had a clock that counted down to zero, but then when it got to zero, it started counting up. And so the people that were speaking often would look down there and glance at it and see that it was, you know, at a minute 20, but they didn't know that it had, was restarted and was counting up, you know. And so I had a lot of frantic waving and that kind of thing. And we had one, we had the longest one ever in the entire history of Finnovate. I'm still to this day, um, when I think like 10 and a half minutes and we finally, you know, had to like walk, I had to walk up on stage and again, introvert walking on stage to cut someone off was not a good thing. So we came up with the bell, uh, after that, and we gave it to our production, the camera person. And we just took it off of our hands like that. That person has to ring the bell. It wasn't it wasn't us, the conference promoters. And that was moderators. a good move. <laughs> that was a good move. I'm trying to picture you walking on stage. And then was that when it was in a basement that or that, that was later? the basement? Yeah. I don't know okay. if you were at the basement one. That was I wasn't that was at the basement one. 53rd and third. Yeah. The no, basement we, one. That we, yeah. The basement one has still has sort of memories because we had, I think, a fourth of the demos were mobile at the time, 2007, which is very difficult connectivity. They didn't, they didn't go to Wi-Fi then. And so we were in a basement in Manhattan and these people were trying to demo on their uh, phones. And that was, that was a disaster. You, you learn, you learn a little bit. The connectivity was not what it, what it is, you know. How much, I mean, I imagine they might give you a like, Jim, why is this happening? Did you get a lot of like these startups being like, you need Wi-Fi connection or, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah. They, 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 it's like, you kind of, could you have told us we were going to be in the basement? Like, oh, <laughs> I like that as a surprise yeah. for entrepreneurs. you got to learn how to be nimble. Yeah, I know. I Exactly. I know. I, I, I'm still amazed how people, they, I mean, they really embraced live and which so much so that, man, if we had connectivity issues, it really tanked stuff. They did not, people did not come with a backup, um, presentation that they could hook in, you know, in case the connectivity went out. So that was always a frightening part of the day. Oh, I bet. Just the, just not the mobile, but then just the Wi-Fi going, because that, that always had prob more, was problematic back in Manhattan in 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. <laughs> Maybe still funny. today. memorable what are some other like unforgettable moments um in running finnovate that come to mind for you well i mean it was it was very exciting to have it work having been a complete novice at it so that the, the biggest memory is just that it works i mean people came and they bought tickets and they networked and they met people and they had good stories so that's just you know that that was very nice but you know the uh the the thing I the things you remember the most are what went wrong I think but I do I do remember um, the the Twitter getting started in the, I think maybe two thousand eight or two thousand nine so it was right when when the audience was doing was tweeting during the event and we were just 
so appalled that they were they were snarking about the speakers and name and names and all that so that was it was interesting to see how that evolved i mean we our original reaction was we wanted to ban it you know but we'd never opened our mouth about that but that uh that really evolved to be an important part of the interactivity that 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 um especially you know 2010 to 15 period that was all just a lot of action on twitter while the thing was going which was yeah. good you needed that interactive piece because all otherwise you're you know it's demo after demo and that was the the participation that was going on oh i loved it and the snark was fierce <laughs> i was like this, I is, this is what i'm here for <laughs> I, know. I know i know as a as, as the you know with your clients up there speaking and this is where you're just it's so hard to have a uh, snark about your uh, you know uh clients or uh there are some, and people would just say anything that came to mind. I, I can remember one time we were in a, in a ballroom in New York and the, and someone on Twitter's like, do you smell smoke? And I was like, no, you did not say, do you sell, smell smoke on the Twitter broadcast? Right in the middle <laughs> of someone's demo. So it, it came with its pros and cons, but people really did like it. So you got, I mean, you got to have, you know, you're there for the audience. So uh, overall, it was a good thing. <laughs> good thing and you're right it definitely drew people together i'm sure i met a lot of people via twitter but then in real life probably at finnovate um it's just a result yeah. of all those funny tweets and yeah. theo you came in probably a couple years later than myself to finnovate but I, i'm kind of curious what was your experience for your first finnovate i came in at the tail end i remember um and and you were so right, John, about Twitter. Uh, people live tweeting and uh, and Finnovate because I remember seeing all of these tweets coming from someone called John Walsh. I'm like, who's this guy? And he just yeah. kept tweeting nonstop. So I finally yeah. ended up looking up the profile picture. I'm like, wait a minute, that's the dude sitting in front of me. Um, <laughs> so that's how I met him and a whole bunch of others. And that was back at uh, San Jose, the beautiful, beautiful building of Civic. That was also the first time I talked to you, Jim. I remember yeah. it was, um, I think the word I would use was a little intimidating because I was brand new to the space. Everyone seemed to know everybody and I did not know anybody. Um, I remember I met Brad at the first Finnovate for me as well. And the first thing he said to me was, Something like, are you drinking from the fire holes or something? I'm like, what is wrong with this guy? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> and then Brad King had his uh, book signing. And well, I guess the rest was all history, right? What was your favorite memory? Were you new, <laughs> were you new to business business talk, you know? <laughs> I was new. What? I came from a nonprofit, okay? I was like this uh, yeah, little yeah. sheep coming into the wolf's den. And that and was the all deep, I deep saw. Deep dives. <laughs> yes, it was the deep dives. And I, I was I was like, oh my God. And and I remember, oh, you know, I remember now. They call themselves the FinTech Mafia. I saw the word mafia. I'm oh, like, yeah. okay, back off a little bit. Just just it, it was it was really interesting. Um just thinking back and it wasn't that long ago was it time flies no not not really and then you are in the you are in the fintech mafia too aren't you didn't you nope. didn't you join nope nope, not nope. A mafia member. nope i am not qualified <laughs> and Nor i'm happy I, to so. be my own little <laughs> little theo star wars space i'm happy with that mm -hmm.
Mary, what was your favorite time at Finove? I mean, I've met you so many times since then. I know every time we had loads of fun. Yeah, we have loads of fun. I I think I would just, for me, it was such a curiosity because, you know, of the first ones I went to, I had just been reporting on jewelry. So I was like going to fashion shows um, and I saw so many parallels. And I also saw a lot of these startups getting mad because um, they thought, oh, you stole this, you stole that. I always say this, but I'm like, I think FinTech needs a, you stole my look thing going on because it's something that I remember feeling, but it was probably because I had just written about jewelry. Um, and I think the thing I could connect it to for, cause I was really like fish out of water. Like what's, what's happening? You know, what is, what is banking? What is, you know, any of this? And I remember, I think I was going to like, maybe there was a couple innovation labs, but they, they were mostly just like a beige room. So it wasn't what it is now more of a showcase. So I remember thinking, what is this? Um, but I think the first thing that grabbed me were all these like PFM tools which of course basically failed in the first um, rendition of them. But, you know, I was, I was pretty new out of college and trying to manage my money. And so one of the things I did for my writing or blogging was just test all these tools, which were basically like, you're broke <laughs> again and again and again. But I liked the general philosophy. And I remember MX stood out to me mostly because of how, bold they were in their marketing um, at Finnovate. I feel like they were one of the splashier tech companies early in, or perhaps it's just because I was tuned in more to the personal finance management tools, but that's that's the tech company that rings the bell most of all. Yeah, the MX was, was just an amazing case study in, you know, how just the most professional powering of of a demo that you could ever imagine. They, they. I remember talking to Ryan Callbeck, uh, Caldwell. I mean, and he had. He said he would practice a hundred times. Wow. Uh, his yeah to get that thing down, and they they just were a machine. They and it was so good, you know. That's why it's I, that that's one I wrote down too as a memory of you know, uh, same as you. Just they're incredible. Yeah, and you'd really feel for the people who were like this. I do not like public speaking, but I've been <laughs> forced onto this stage to then render this awkward demonstration, and then get slaughtered on Twitter. I mean, that's just a. I remember that too. Bad moment. Yeah, not this again, Jim. Do you have any? We're not going to ask you for names. The, the bad moments. <laughs> Um, it, it was pretty, it was overall pretty positive. I mean, we, we worked with people and coached them ahead of time. So most people had, um, a pretty good understanding what was going to happen, but we would, we would have some people that would show up, uh, that rehearsal day the day before, and they didn't really, hadn't really read the memo that it was live or that it was, a, you know, a demo or you couldn't use PowerPoint. And so there was, uh, some definite, um, awkward moments as we uh, convinced them that that was the, the, the rules of the road here. But um, for the, you know, for the most part, it was just the usual conference nightmares, you know, of things going wrong is what I remember. Um, but we tried, that's, that was the one thing by having it uh, seven minute demos uh, that it, the, the worst case is you have seven minutes of, of, a you know, of a, uh, bad content or poor speaker or something like that. And then you're on to the next one. And the audience knows that, that they know they're not stuck there for too long. So that helped. 
Yeah, that really helped because I think like conferences, especially then, were like, you know, 50 minutes sessions, panel, a lot of jargon, a lot of like uh, platitudes. Um, whereas this was this was pushing a boundary by just showing what this is and then being able to ask your follow up questions. Um, I think that's really cool. Um, you have this perspective. I always liking it since I'm, you know, reporter mostly. Um, it's like you run a column of fintech almost. Like I think of Modern Love because I read Modern Love and the editor there gets to mine through all these different stories of like, you know, love. And you have that view, but it's but it's fintech, fintech seeing all these demos again and again and again. And so I'm just kind of curious. I mean, what are some of the themes that you see as, you know, being either effective or ineffective, and you could define it whatever way you want to in terms of, is this successful technology or is this a good demo, a lively demo, or, you know, what are what are some of these like threads that you see as, hey, this is this is good and this is why? Right, it was, it was I definitely came at it as a product person and, a, you know, having worked in banking and writ, wrote about banking like yourself. Um, so I always, I always was really wanted to see features and uh, new things and and things you know we hadn't really ever conceptualized before. So uh, I always was looking for that. But um, we also were trying to curate it for the audience, to, and so keeping uh, a, a wide variety of things on stage was always important, you know, in in the Finnovate, you know, curation process. So, but um, I, I I mean I think that the the um, user interaction with your finances changed so much in the time from really 2007 to now that it just is just made it um, so much more approachable for most people to keep track of their finances. I mean, I still I still remember back to pre online days where it was over a phone or you got your statement once a month. So the access and the fluidity of the um, information, I think, makes everybody's life better. I still think it's, there's still, we're not there yet. It, it, it's a, I mean, it's a little bit amazing that it's, you know, we're 20 years into it or, or so, uh, 25 years into it, and we're not, we're, we're still, you know, halfway there or something like that, maybe for kind of the average user. But, but that's, that's an amazing amount of change, though, too. You know, your point kind of leaves the door open for like, you know, what what do you think is a gap that remains for, you know, underserved customers? So as you said, yeah. it's easier to get your information, but what are what are some of the gaps that still are pressing? Well, I mean, there's there one one I think that is just recently starting to close is I I I the business model in consumer banking about having penalty fees, uh I uh versus you know charging for value is one that that still has has always bothered me and still does to some extent i think that it's it's i think it was too bad that online banking evolved into as to a free service from the very beginning i think it would have been i think we would have i think the business would be better off if people if there was a charge for the value like if i give you premium security and premium customer service that you pay a fee for that uh, and and conversely, then you wouldn't have to rely on overdraft fees and penalties uh, on a different you know part of the consumer mix to you know fund retail banking. So I wish I wished that that had evolved 
where sort of where the people getting the most value paid for it and the people that were uh, struggling paid didn't pay for it i mean they're, they're not they're not the same parts of the business exactly but um i think i think we're finally getting to that i think it's been pushed to that with the fintech competitors and challengers and all that that we're now um, more charging the people that are getting the most value from it Jim, I'm having a memory. I'm pretty sure you're the one who schooled me in bill pay and how it's like such a loss for <laughs> yeah. banks and that they're like sending manual tech. So part of my journey yeah. was how backwards the industry was and Jim revealed bill pay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is, I mean, cause that was always the example back, you know, in the 2000s is that, uh, that the Bank of America, they used to, bill pay is expensive. And then all of a sudden it went free. So everybody that was providing online banking now had to like, had to subsidize the user. So yeah, bill pay was, the Bank of America famously made it free in, in early like 20, 2002 or something like that. And then after that, everybody kind of followed. So every, so now the, now the bank's putting people on online banking or having to subsidize them three or four bucks a month for bill pay back then, so. There, there are a lot of things going on with BFA too, some of which I, I'm not gonna, say but um this is the the, the time when I, I have a confession to make when the two of you were talking Ooh. about bill pay and <laughs> um, and online banking so recently i had to go into a bank bank branch an actual bank branch with actual people um within actual bankers hours um it was my third attempt because the first one they were closed the second one i forgot what happened i had to go in because i could not get an online transfer of a certain amount to pay my taxes, see, tax due. Um, yeah. And um, I tried to write myself a check, that didn't work. So I actually had to go into a bank branch and they had to withdraw cash from one of my accounts and redeposit it into another account, both of which are under the same bank. So voila, yeah. 2022, we have ways to go. That's <laughs> I still have to do well, that. did they explain to you that they were doing it to uh, for your own security? <laughs> she actually looked at me. I, I, I'm like, can you tell me exactly why that check did not work? She's like, I'm not quite sure. But if you would like to take a number, you can talk to the banker over there. Like, no, I have kids I need to pick up. What else can I do? Well, I can get the cash out and put it in the other account. I said, yes, do that, please. And then the irony was the next day, I got a FedEx package with my bounced check. Oh God, it, it, <laughs> it didn't work? It did not work. It did not work and it was, at, and, and I remember thinking to myself, I thought I was so smart going back to the same bank branch because for sure they would be able to help me there. No, no, apparently the check was already in the mail via FedEx back to my house. So that was, that was my story of banking for 2022. We have a lot more we need to do. Um, I am curious though, because in the backdrop of that, you were saying, you know, from the beginning when we saw the PayPal's of the world and Mint of the world and, and all of those guys to where we are right now, where Google and Apple and all of these guys are out there trying to carve out their different pieces within financial services. Do you have a prediction, crystal ball, as to, you know, well, what you think is going to happen? With, with uh, the big tech companies or just more general? The big tech companies. Yeah, I mean that's been that's been an interesting uh, concern of the traditional players ever since I got started because that was the very first issue of my newsletter I had uh, 
banking on with Microsoft as the headline. And in 1995, people were worried about Microsoft taking over. And I didn't think at the time that that made any sense. And I still don't think that the big tech companies really want to be in um, core banking. Now, there's all the other pieces around the edges. They, the um, the lo- lending to their merchants uh, and people on their platform is a big business. Of course, the payments part of it is a big business. So I guess it it kind of just depends on you know, what exactly, you know, your parts of the fintech ecosystem system you're thinking about. So they're, they're definitely eating into uh, the edges. I don't think that they have a desire like a Google or someone to be a full service bank. But if you add up all the things Amazon does, they have pretty much all the pieces in there other than hold. Well, even you can even hold your money in it, you know, in the you know gift card or something. Do you have an old copy of your Microsoft headline for your newsletter? Yes. Yes. Ah! I always, I always keep that one on the bulletin board. Yes. <laughs> it's been up there. It's been up there for twenty years. But I had banking on Microsoft was the first one, and question but it was question mark. mark. You know, that's the you know that was quite the uh, headline intrigue. There I was supposed to do. Supposed to, I supposed love to get that. People thinking about it. You need to yeah. take a photo and tweet that out or send it to me. <laughs> Okay. I can't. I can't believe we. I can't believe that you asked that and that I actually had it. I'm not surprised. Sentimental, you know. I have some yeah, old things um, that I've written, but they haven't turned into a very successful event yet, Jim. <laughs> it was. It was very lucky. I mean, like I said, it was the. It was necessity was the uh, mother invention of invention, you know, because the newsletter business wasn't so great in the mid 2000s. So. I was lucky that uh, that that part was uh, down, so I could start a conference. Well, still, I was still remarking on like the timing because, like, the credit credit. I mean, how did you get companies still demoing during that reckoning of the financial services? Yeah, it it was. It, I mean, because the, uh, the on the technology side, even though it was two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and I, I remember getting off, flying to Finnovate in 2008 and getting off the plane and the stock market was down, you know, from the time I got on the plane to when we landed in New York, it was down, you know, 15% or something one day. It was one of those really bad, you know, days uh, of 2008. But there, but still, but everybody still, I mean, the technology part, the back, you know, at least the back office, the bones of the running the financial companies that has to go through thick or thin. So there's, so, there's some kind of, in technology, there's always some pieces of it that are in demand through even through the worst of times, um, which those were. But there, but you know, and also there, it also brings out entrepreneurs, which we saw mm-hmm. um, that time. So there was a bunch of people. I, I, I do, you know, I remember there was a lot of people that were on Wall Street that were starting you know, little wealth management companies at the time in 2008 and 2009. So. That you know the fact that the, there had been a bunch of layoffs and and downturn brought people out trying to start new companies. So that was helpful too when you're in the startup part of it. Oh yeah, and then it was like the simple move-ins. You know, the banking sucks. Marketing started yeah. to form, right? And uh, yeah. Yeah. Wall Street. I I was around the corner from Occupy Wall Street. I forget what. Yeah. year that was but 2000 probably 2008 okay. 2009 yeah so yeah so there was there was definitely that 
spurred some of the consumer companies because there was a very much of an anti-banking mood in the country in 2009 and 10 and 11. And that, there always sort of is, you know, it's kind of, you know, the establishment, you know, not, not always viewed that great, but it was very, so it was a time where you come out, you know, really take on the bank. So it's like Mint was very anti-bank at the time as in their positioning. That's right. Eric Patzer was the founder was very worried about coming on stage in 2007 because he's in Manhattan in this basement and he thought there's and there's a bunch of baggers out there and he was really worried about what they were going to say to him. That is so funny. They won. They won best of show. I mean, that's what I was like. It's the idea and the, you know, and the presentation is what people vote for. So he was I think that changed his view of uh, the competition after that. I remember he demoed uh, Mint to me in person, and it was so. I remember one of my favorite things was these founders would demo these apps, but like you could see all their transactions. So like you know, yeah. I <laughs> their personal stuff. To Alice's teacup, yeah. but I'm like, I love that place. <laughs> so yeah, that was yeah, my yeah. They didn't they didn't have sandboxes and they didn't have test, sandboxes. Dummy accounts back then, no, not at all, not I'm at like, all. Yeah, this is fabulous. We're like, always on the transactions. Have their card numbers on stage, and you know, and. You know, various things we'd have to say, well, we'll blur that out on the video, promise. <laughs> well, Jim, I'm kind of curious, you mentioned like this anti-bank thing, which is what I saw too, but you know, there's a lot of brands now, there's a lot of money going into FinTech, of course, and like some of them are trying to be really hip. Some of them seem to be pulling it off a bit, but I mean, do you think, um, do you think there's brands that can like really, you know, be like cool to consumers or is it, not going to be part of this world. Oh, I th I think so. It's always it's a really interesting all along is the you know the mint was very cool at, in its day you know mm -hmm. all over the blogs and everywhere and now you have chimes and Robin Hoods and all that. I mean and and I think that the those brands are definitely have a great chance of making it. It's just they have to get past the trust stage. You know, whereas, you know, Chase, you know, you, what may or may not like Chase as a brand, but you do sort of trust them that you're going to eventually get your cash, you know, out of, of a branch or whatever, you know, if you have to. But so they have to get past they have to get past the trust stage. And then once they do, you know, I think that there's lots of room for brands in different aspects. I mean, this, this, you can see it's happening. There are a lot of them, but I almost feel like there are too many. I, I was talking to someone um, yesterday because I, I was writing something and I was trying to figure out exactly how many accounts consumers typically have <clears throat> for financial relationships. And as many, uh, Alex was saying, you know, as, as he started counting <clears throat> the ones he has for like mortgage and debt and credit cards and insurance and all of those, he has, what was it, 20 something? financial relationships out there. And then, wow. you know, for consumers, especially younger ones, when you start adding the buy now, pay later and all of those, how do we even go about managing all of these? I lose track with mine. Yeah, I mean, well, at least there, there's at least some hope of there's tools that you can aggregate it or, or, or at least, uh, you know, people may not even want to do that, but that, that you can see it, you know, come across your email and and you know, you keep track of those kind of things better nowadays. But again, we're still not all the way there. I, I mean, for a long time, I've just really wanted 
banking and financial transactions to work like email. And I, I just I don't understand why it doesn't, because you should be they just should come across the most important ones should come first and you should be able to file them and and store them and, cl you know, click on them and all and all that and respond to them, whatever. I wish that, you know, I, ho I hope that for that to happen. And then, yeah. and then if you have six providers or 10 providers, I mean, then, you know, they're all coming through, you know, sort of a universal stream somewhere. As long as I don't have to wear Oculus to get through those. Um, I remember that was one of the Finnovates we had. I can't remember now. There were at least maybe half a dozen companies. They were all wearing these big, awkward looking glasses. Yeah. Trying to reimagine retirement. Nope, nope, nope. That, that, that does not work. That did not work for me. Yeah. <laughs> Now that I don't think that one, I, I know what you're talking about. I don't think that was a, that was a great use case to start your uh, virtual reality journey on. <laughs> there, there was there there is you know show the show what a, I don't want to say showmanship, showpersonship that uh, people have um, that they have to stand out in their in a demo. So and and you know we kind of like to see that. Uh, you do want to have a use case that makes sense. I remember costumes. I think there was a bear costume. Monopoly props, yeah. Um, yeah, and then yeah, those virtual chats where someone was on the other end. Sometimes that was when the connection yeah. would happen. That was problematic. Um, yeah, we try we mm -hmm. try to talk everybody out of humor for the most part because it, nine out of ten times it doesn't work. But the <laughs> one the ones that do work, they are they are very memorable and could be, that could be their winning angle definitely. Jim, last question for me is just, you know, if you could do it all over again, is there anything you would change? I, I'm, I was pretty happy with how it rolled out and how it worked. I guess, you know, I wish that we maybe would have gone a little bit faster. We were very, you know, once we sort of got this product market fit, I wish we would have moved a little faster. We were very cautious, you know, bootstrapping it and never wanting to book too big of a venue. But, you know, so, I mean, that's, that's, that's one thing, you know, but other, you know, and also maybe a way to have a little more interactivity up, uh, into the process. I, I think I, I would like to have, I really miss, I really wish that we would have had a, like a little bit of a Q and A um, with people that are doing demos, but it was always a trade-off, you know, how much, how much Q and A do you do? How much talk do you do? Or, or should you just have another demo? You know, let's just, let's just move on to the next, you know, v, you know, uh, uh, Google glasses demo or something, you know, so. And so I, I think I, I think I would have liked to have a little more interactivity on stage, but. Well, I know at least for my part, I was grateful that you know you had started Finnovate because otherwise I wouldn't have met so many wonderful people in the ecosystem around the world, even um, had it not been for you. So thank you, Jim, for that. Thank uh, you. Before we close, curious to know what are some things that you look forward to this year, other than I know tennis. <laughs> Ah, well, I mean, in from personally or from a uh, finance fintech standpoint, I, I mean, obviously, this is the crappy year so far, and we have, you know, with the war. I mean, you know, we we have to talk fintech, not talk about the backdrop. But there's just a scary um, year going on out there. So I I wish for you know war to stop, obviously, and get past pandemic which i feel like 
you know, there's a good shot at it, you know, anyway, we're talking about going to events again, at least, you know, so, um, you know, that's the main thing in personally. And then just in, in the, the FinTech world, I still, you know, I still want some of these um, gaps to be filled that we talked about. I still think there's a lot of room to help small businesses. That's one of the things I've been looking at a, a lot recently. I think that the, the small businesses are so important and it's such a good move for so many people. And now there's so, there's so many that are the creators or freelancers are, you know, there's half the country, probably half the households in our country probably has some kind of a side hustle or something going on. So helping business owners with their finances, I think that's a big area that I'm looking forward to seeing progress in. So here you go, FinTech founders. You heard it from Jim. Hopefully we'll see some interesting and innovative solutions in the next few Finnovates to come. And for that, thank you so much for joining us on the show, Jim. And thank you so much, my wing lady, Mary. It's always a pleasure. And for the rest you. of you, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of One Vision. We will see you and talk to you all soon.